What is going on, guys? So welcome back to another episode of The Physique Archives. I am your host, uh, Kate and Michelle on Instagram, shameless plug. Uh, please feel free to like, subscribe right now on this podcast. Also, message me whatever guests that you would like to see. I've got some awesome ones lined up for the month of February, so I'm very excited for those episodes to come out. Uh, but this episode is all about my prep, the questions that you guys have. And for, through me sharing my journey going to the stage, I really want to educate you guys on the adaptations that happen, my experiences with them, how you can kind of mitigate that psychological stress that occurs, uh, because it is inevitably a part of dieting down and getting that lean. So if I can educate you guys through my own journey, that's going to be an A plus, right? That's what I want. Um, and so I'm, I'm here to discuss all the questions that you guys have about it, um, share what I'm doing. Um, again, some stuff is new. I am working with a new coach this year. So and that is a question that you guys had a lot about. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to kind of deep dive into that. So uh, first, I want to say thank you to everyone for all the reviews, all of the reposts, all of the shares, um, all that stuff helps build the podcast. And of course, the more it grows, the better the guests are that going to come on. But like I said, I've got some phenomenal guests coming up and I'm very excited for that um, for this month. So uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and dive right in uh, to the questions about my prep. So I do have a list here. If you guys are watching this, I'll probably share it on my YouTube. I am the worst YouTuber, which is one of the questions. Will you come back to YouTube? Um, I think I will, but for short bits. I really like conversation. I like communicating. I like the ability to elaborate. And I am the worst at editing. I'm not an editor. Um, so that is something that kind of lacks in my YouTube, uh, those cinematic effects, as I would say to Jordan. Um, but uh, I do think that on some level, it is applicable to put out content through YouTube. And if I ever grow to the capacity um, at which I, I would like to, I, I definitely see myself continuing to evolve in this industry for sure. Um, I will hire someone to do so. I'd like to get a videographer. So if you know anybody um, that would like to intern for me, like to film and edit my shit, um, hey, reach out to me. I'm here for you um, and I would love to have you. So that is potential in the future. Again, I have so much content that's filmed already. I don't like editing. I don't like doing that stuff. It's not fun for me. Um, and that's why it's fallen off. Obviously, like I said, short tidbit educational videos on a specific topic I don't mind doing, uh, but long length full days of vlogging and training and all that stuff. Like you don't want to see crap training footage. Like, and I would just, I pop up my phone. You guys see it. Um, when I do film some of my, my, um, compound movements, but I don't necessarily train my entire sessions. That is where I'm like in the groove, um, focused on just annihilating everything. Training for me um, is very therapeutic. It's kind of like the middle of my day. So I get up, you know, I do my cardio and we'll talk about my regimen a little bit, but I get up, I do my cardio in the morning. Um, and then I work for a couple hours. I need that mental break in the middle of the day. So I get to the gym I do uh, training and any additional cardio that I need to get done. Um, and then I come home and I do some more work, whether it's content, podcasting, um, programming. Um, that's something that I've gotten really into and I very much enjoy at this point um, is, is being very specific um, with programming for people and myself. Um, and I've learned a lot about that over the years. So um, it's something that I do mostly in the evening or on the weekend um, when I have to kind of build them because they do take a while to write, um, especially when you're screening appropriately. 
for the client um, or yourself and really paying attention. So um, that's something that I do um, outside of that. But really, my days are very similar. I'm very structured. I'm very type A. I time block the crap out of my schedule. So I know what I'm getting up every day. I know what I'm doing my cardio. I know what I'm finishing my cardio. I know what I'm eating breakfast. Um, I know what I'm getting ready to go to the gym. I've already calculated my commute time. So my time is very um, structure, I say. Um, and a lot of people that gives them anxiety. Like, how do you live like that? Um, for me, it's like, how could I not live like that? Not having a schedule, um, gives me anxiety because then it's like, when am I going to get that done? Um, and it doesn't force me to be like, okay, this is the time I'm doing this. Um, obviously life happens and it's not perfect, but as long as I have a template, um, and I can get the majority of it done when I schedule it to, that only leaves me with benefits at that point. So for me, that works really, really well. Um, so I'm going to go down these lists, um, and answer everything that I can. So, uh, the first question is how has coaching changed if at all, um, for me? So working with Dylan, um, is very different. Um, and I say this and I really want to emphasize this point right here, which is there are lots of great coaches that use different approaches and that doesn't make one better than the other. Um, every coach, if they can give you an, a reason as to why they're doing what they're doing, the strategy that they're using and why they're using it um, is applicable and it's valid. Um, there are coaches that like to be more aggressive. There are coaches that don't like to be more aggressive. There are coaches that will use, you know, more food drops and less cardio coaches that will do more cardio and, and less food drops. So, or a combination. So, Again, I think that um, especially as consumers of content, whenever there's a client that leaves a coach, we look for the drama. Um, and I can guarantee that there was no drama. At least you'll never hear it from me. I don't I don't like to gossip. I have no negative things to say about Paul. I still work for him, guys. Um, if there was really some tea, I would have left in there you know, it would be like that. It's not, you know, Paul is someone I very much adore. Um, he's a great guy. He's doing great things. Um, and you see his business is thriving. So I'm very grateful to be a part of that and just be um, one of the first pioneers, one of his little three musketeers um, that, that this started with. So, um, you know, I think that, again, a lot of people want drama. You're not going to get it from me. Um, I have nothing negative to say. This, for me, was an educational thing. Um, I followed Dylan for a long time and in some history, so I've seen him at shows, and he and I are very much into kind of the research side, um, the literature, case studies. Uh, we talked a while about a case study that I uh, wanted to do around women and their menstrual cycle and tracking it through, uh, you know, contest prep and reverse and trying to tie the lines between what is cause and effect there, um, or if there is a strong correlation um, between any of the variables that we track. So, um, you know, when I thought about, you know, potentially working with someone new, and of course, this was a decision, um, and Paul was very much involved with it. Um, this was a conversation that I had with Paul first and was like, hey, uh, what do you think about maybe working with somebody else, trying to learn from them? He thought it was a great idea, but of course, um, a tidbit about me is, you know, I am, uh, he, he would be afraid that somebody couldn't coach me uh, because I'm educated, I know what I'm doing, and I'm also very stubborn, um, and I am, I thrive in very extreme environments. So, um, and those are his words about me. So I'm not just like saying that, uh, but truly uh, I can handle a lot more than most people when it comes to the aggressiveness of the contest prep. And I like that. I thrive there for whatever reason. Um, and, and so Paul was never afraid to push me there. Um, and I would request it. Uh, I mean, it, it was a teamwork thing. We communicated very, very well. Um, he always had my back and that was there hundred percent. So 
I think his worry was um, that somebody wouldn't be able to uh, to handle me as a client because again, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm very educated in what we do. Um, and I also am someone who doesn't like, I don't necessarily enjoy slow progress. Um, for me, that's not exciting. But again, we have to be very mindful um, with how we approach that and implementing structured refeeds, diet breaks, and in higher calorie uh, means and episodes um, is very important to mitigate any you know negative adaptations. And certainly, uh, we don't want to compromise lean body mass. So. The approach with Dylan uh, is much less aggressive than I'm used to. But again, my job is to be the client here, um, learn uh, and and continue to just execute all the variables. I can say my strength is the best it's ever been. Um, I can say my performance is high quality. Um, again, the best it's ever been. Um, and so for, for me, it's focusing on giving my best to everything I'm asked to do um, and to just respect the fact that this is going to be different um, and to execute the guidelines that I'm, that I'm given. Um, and that is my job. It is not to over analyze or question my coach. I hired him for a reason. I'm excited to learn from him and I already have. And that's something that I'm also going to dive into now is, you know, what have I learned working with Dylan? Um, so far, a lot of this stuff, we, we are very similar in the way that we coach. Um, and I'll say that's, that's one thing I really love about Dylan, um, is that he and I communicate in very similar ways with our clients. Um, we seem to be on the same page a lot. We communicate back and forth, um, you know, frequently outside of check-ins when needed, obviously necessary, right? There's gotta be coaching boundaries. Um, but you know, he's, he makes me feel more confident in my approaches as a coach because we coach in a very similar way. Um, as far as, you know, guidelines and, and boundaries, but as also being, you know, hands-on when needed. Um, so that was, that's one thing um, that I really love about Dylan. Um, the other thing is uh, supplementation. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And when I say supplementation, everybody's ears probably just spiked up because you've listened to uh, Dylan being on the podcast. And we did talk about PEDs for women um, going through contest prep. So first disclaimer, well, I don't know, actually, we'll talk about it. So I will say uh, I am trying new supplements that I have not uh, worked into a contest prep before. And when I say that, I'm not talking about anabolics. So no PEDs for me um, relative to those worlds. However, um, I am taking Yohimbi HCL um, first thing in the morning fasted. Uh, that is new for me. And I shy away from this for a lot of people, mostly because what I find is people that are anxious, um, if you add in Yohimbi, it actually increases their anxiety. So uh, if you are someone who is highly anxious, you're probably not going to respond super well to it. The other thing is a lot of people will get nauseous and have those side effects, an upset stomach or whatever, uh, just depending on the individual response. Um, and so that's something that you wouldn't want to take if you're if you're getting those symptoms, right? It's not worth it. Um, also, you have to remember that it's only effective first thing in the morning in a fasted state. So for me, I do it before uh, my cardio in the morning and it's worked really well. Um, also, we started off at the minimum dose of 2.5 milligrams um, and we've doubled the dose at this point. So I'm taking five um, before I do my cardio in the morning. And for me, I actually find some really good benefits. Uh, obviously I'm sweating a little bit more, but also it's a great appetite suppressant for me. Um, after I started taking it, I, I noticed that my hunger wouldn't even spike until around noon and as calories get lower, that is not a bad thing. So, um, so far the results with me taking that are good. Um, I tend to be an anxious person, but I have not experienced, you know, really anxious moments. I haven't seen spikes in my anxiety or anything like that. So overall for me, it's been a great ad and I'm very happy about that. 
the other one um, that we just added it as well is injectable L-carnitine. So uh, this is something that I've heard a lot of really great anecdote about. Um, and I do want to share that obviously transparently. Some people will be like, oh my God, she's using an injectable. Um, yes, it is not a, a hormone per se, um, but if you would describe a PED is, is fat loss is, is this enhancing my fat loss as a performance is if that's a performance measure then maybe I guess uh, but then you could say the same thing about your fat burns that you buy over the table right um, anything that's going to increase body temperature increase heat production increase heart rate right caffeine then would be a PED which technically I guess it is so Again, it just depends on who's going to judge and who's not and what they're going to say about it. But um, I'm just going to share where I'm at. Um, I have started that initially. Uh, the one thing I noticed is um, like getting a shot, really. Um, so you have a little bit of pain, but that subsides. Uh, that was only the first day, actually, in the first one. Uh, it might have been nerves, you know. Like, <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? This feels bad, right? It feels wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so far, uh, so good with that. I started off at 250. Um I think it's milligrams. I got to pull it up. So I'm reporting these accurately in, in my protocols. Um, but I will say, yep, 250 milligrams a day um, is where we started out at. Um, and now we just increased as of my last update, double that. So we're at 500 milligrams a day, um, once a day. And I take that pre-training. So um, that's the supplement side. And, and Dylan's been super hands-on with that again. Um, this was my first time doing anything like that. And he was like, I'll FaceTime you through it. Well, you know, he just made sure that I was very educated in everything that we're doing, all the right steps um, to make sure that it's it's sanitary and that it's quality um, and all those things. So he's very hands-on through that process. And that's what I mean about him being um, hands-on and, and um, accessible when I need him. Um, and I really love that. So um, that's mostly what's changed for me. Uh, it's just a different approach, uh, a lot lower cardio than I'm used to, a lot more food than I'm used to. Uh, we did just kind of drop the hammer with the aggressiveness, but still it's over double the, the minimum I've ever been. Um, and so I don't, you know, aggressive is all relative. Um, and that's why I don't need to like say anything negative. It's just, again, a very different approach. Um, and I'm being patient um, with all of it because again, with that being said, obviously my weight loss has been slower than I typically see. Um, and that's okay. You know, I, I can say, like I said, my strength is the best it's been. I believe I'm going to be very dense on stage. Uh, when I look back at even where I started my prep last year compared to this year, I'm seven pounds heavier, um, hitting the same kind of peak weights in my off season, but my body composition is incredibly different. Um, so I'm very excited for what happens when we get there. But for now, um, I just stay patient and continue to execute what I'm asked to do, check in on time check all the variables, including sleep. Um, you know, I think a lot of people focus on training and food, but we don't really focus on recovery. So that is also part of your protocol. Um, and your coach should be emphasizing recovery as well. Uh, that needs to be homework, like clockwork, just like your macro. So very excited for what's to come in the upcoming weeks. Like I said, we just get to kind of uh, drop the hammer down. So um, that's exciting. The other thing that Dylan's doing that I don't necessarily always do, and I, I didn't have not done with Paul, um, is utilizing hit cardio. So I'm doing hit um, twice a week, um, two times, 10 sessions or 10 rounds, excuse me. Um, so it's only 10 minutes. And one big disclaimer about hit is hit is not inherently bad. I know people are like, Oh my God, they're doing hit. Um, no, but true hit cardio is all out effort. You can't do more than 10 to 15 minutes of hit cardio. Like you will be gassed. You will have no more energy. 
to perform. Um, even the most elite athletes aren't doing hit cardio for 30, 40 minutes. So when people prescribe that, it's silly. It's not real hit cardio. It's miss cardio. And again, you need to know that hit cardio is going to be a percentage of your max heart rate. So if your heart rate is not getting up that high, you're not actually doing hit cardio. And therefore it is less or miss um, as far as low intensity or moderate intensity, but is not high intensity um, relative to your max heart rate. So this is why you need to understand how to manually track your heart rate which is something I'll probably do a post on because I think a lot of people rely on their watches and stuff. And as you diet down, uh, your pulse pressure, your heart rate is actually going to decline. So it will be, be more difficult to pick it up. And I also find inaccuracies with them anyways. Um, so I always double check uh, what the what my watch does. I wear a Garmin um, versus what I track manually uh, to make sure I'm always working in the proper heart rate zones when I'm doing my cardio. So that's another thing um, that has changed with the approach this year. Again, I'm very excited to see what we do together. I'm very excited to continue to learn. Um, but working with Dylan has been great so far. I have nothing negative to say. Very happy with where we're at um, and excited for what we're, what we're going to bring. Again, uh, I think last year I got burnt out early um, because I was ready early. Um, and then we had like the COVID stuff. So this year I don't want to rush it. I don't want to get too lean too quickly um, and then burn out before you know the the year really happens for me so um, using this approach again i'm not in a rush to get to stage i have a specific look that i want a conditioning level that i want to see um, and dylan and i are definitely on the same page about that so it's just continuing to uh, monitor progress do what i'm asked to do execute the variables um, get quality sleep train my ass off um, being smart of course with the with the volume that i can tolerate um, and bring up the areas, continue to maintain strength as best I can. That's my goal. Um, and then see how, see how we fare when we get up there. So um, one second, I got to take a drink. Okay. So that brings me into nutrient timing in my training. So You'll see, uh, as I mentioned on my story, that we got a little bit more aggressive with with um, the calories and the drop there. So my training time has also adjusted. This is because you know I was used to having sixty carbs before training, then intro workout, post workout, right? So my calories have been higher. But uh, with the drop that we just did, I want to make sure I have enough fuel to try to sustain performance. So at this time, I'm not going to be hitting PRs. I mean, I don't have enough energy availability, but I can try to make sure I have enough fuel in the tank to maintain my strength. So 50% of your carbs um, should be around training. So pre and post workout should be 50% of your daily intake. If your calories are high enough and you're not that hungry and you don't like being full, um, you can also work in an in intra workout like a six cyclic dextrin um, and core intra is what I use um, when my calories are higher. I have also found that's really helped continue to increase my performance um, overall. And that is something I am continuing to keep in even with calories being lower because again, you have to remember, um, in order to sustain the muscle that you have and or build, and hopefully, you know, at least initially, because we just dropped calories, I might be able to continue to see some growth. Um, it's going to be relative to the adaptive stimulus that you're generating. So if you are not uh, stimulating an adaptation because you're macro hoarding for the end of the day and you're not really prioritizing uh, the nutrients that you have available when training, the intensity of your training is going to suffer. The stimulus is going to lack. Um, and that's where we see regression of progress or, or just the inability to see progress. So I know a lot of people get nervous 
when calories are lower um, and they'll tend to compensate with, with macro hoarding at the end of the day and such. Um, for me, I always look at my food intake um, and, and I kind of look at myself like a machine, which might be kind of fucked up. Um, but essentially I'm like, where do I need gas, right? Do I need it at the end of the day when I'm going to bed or do I need it before I train? Do I need to make sure that I have enough fuel in the tank to progress here? Like, can I go zero to 50, you know, um, in 3.5 today? Probably not, but um, regardless, I think that if you look at food as energy, uh, and make sure that you're structuring the, the adaptations that you want to emphasize, the things that you want to prioritize through contest. But for me, I've worked my ass off to build whatever muscle I have. Um, and I do not want to lose that by being an asshole or being afraid of being hungry, uh, which is another question I got is how do you deal with it? Um, hunger throughout the dieting process is inevitable. Remember, that when you're dieting down, um, your body hormones are going to be adjusted as well. Your body is going to signal for you to eat food, especially as you start to oxidize more body fat. Um, that is a signaling issue. It's not an issue, but it's a signaling, um, metabolic signaling that occurs in the body. And that is very normal. Um, so you shouldn't be afraid of that. It's, it's one thing to just understand that is a normal adaptation. I think, um, one thing that's pushed by the fitness industry is somehow you have to compensate for hunger and that it's bad to be hungry. Um, you know, we think of being full as awesome, um, but being hungry is terrible. Um, those are those are normal normal physiological signaling things, right? Uh, when you don't have enough nutrition, your body is going to signal for you to eat. Uh, when you are full, your body's going to be like, okay, we have enough energy here. Like, chill out, sister. Um, and so, being able to wrap your mind around both of those sides, you know, you don't always need to be full. Now you are going to get to a point in contest prep where you will feel always hungry. I definitely am feeling that now um, where I eat and I'm hungry. I actually feel like I didn't eat at all. Um, and so being able to mentally wrap my mind around the fact that this is that point, this is where we are. And as I get leaner, it's not going to become easier. Um, and so having a strong why, remembering why you're doing what you're doing and also ask yourself, what's going to make you proud when you wake up tomorrow morning? Is it going to be giving into your cravings or is it going to be doing what you said you were going to do for you because I come from a background of playing division one basketball. If I didn't go to practice, which I always did, uh, but heaven forbid somebody didn't come to practice, right? Your teammates are texting you. They're calling you. Your coach knows like your ass is on the line. Someone is watching you. Someone's looking out for you. Uh, if you don't show up for you in, in bodybuilding, no one gives a shit uh, because someone's showing up for them and they're going to beat you. Um, you know, or even if you show up and check all the boxes, you might lose. I mean, it doesn't matter. Right? So you have to be doing this for you. Um, and that comes into a very long question that I got, which is, um, what is your why? And uh, I think I might have to do an entirely separate podcast on this because uh, this is a deep dive. I mean, essentially bodybuilding. I got into the sport in one of the darkest places of my life. Um, and it was at a point where I didn't, I had a bad coach, um, an uneducated coach, I'll say. Um, I don't think that they necessarily meant harm. I think they were just doing to me what they were taught to do to themselves, um, which is a huge issue I have in the industry. Just because you've competed does not make you to, out to be a qualified coach. I don't care how many times you've competed. I really don't give a shit. Um, without a positive mentor, Someone that can actually educate you if you don't have a reason why, and it's because your coach, you know, taught you things and you're good at following instructions, but you're not great at giving them, right? Um, just because you're the student doesn't make you the teacher, right? All, all these different things, you know how to diet, you know how to follow instructions to diet, you don't know how to diet somebody and pay attention to all the variables, right? Um, we are, as coaches, we're, we're adaptation managers, right? These things are going to happen. We have to understand why they're happening, look at why they're happening, how to mitigate negative ones, how to support um, 
the adjustments that are inevitably going to happen through a, a prep um, and walk our clients through those things. And if you don't understand why or how that's happening, how can you support somebody through it? Ramble. But anyways, I digress. Um, so yeah, I, I got into bodybuilding in one of the darkest places of my life. And it was, um, it was one of those things where I didn't mind such an, such an aggressive regimen, um, because I didn't like my life at that time. And that sounds so very scary. Um, and it was, it was a very dark place. And I, I you know, I don't say this to be, please don't reach out to me and go, Oh my God, I'm sorry. Like, no, life is fine. I made it through it. I'm stronger because of it. I don't regret it. It taught me a lot of lessons, but uh, I will say I was, I was willing to go through all of that suffering, uh, because it was a numbing experience for me. And I, I went about bodybuilding initially in the wrong way. Um, I was focused on just getting smaller and leaner and, and seeing the scale drop, drop, drop. I, w- I got under 100 pounds. Um, I think I was 94 at my smallest, um, just frail. And, you know, I, I didn't have any quality of life. And, and uh, going from doing bodybuilding the wrong way to educating myself and coming around and doing it the right way and watching my body transform due to my hard work and treating right um, and fueling it properly and, and, you know, educating myself and just being able to share that um, becoming my best self and, and kind of breaking all the molds that we see by focusing on my weight. I really don't care. I care more about my performance. Um, you know, my relationships with other people, my relationships with food, um, you know, all those things, they, they came out and it, it took a while. It took, and after 2018, after, well, once I met Paul in 2017, um, I competed with him in 2018 and then I kind of went ghost, uh, 2019. I did a lot of self-work, internal work, mindset work. Um, self-efficacy was huge for me and understanding myself, self-awareness. I think a lot of people, um, don't spend the time to get to know themselves. What makes you tick? What sets you off? Uh, what excites you? you right. Where are your emotions? You know, and, um, the world can make you cold. The world, um, I, I'm gonna. I have Jordan Syatt coming on here, and I'm excited to to share that story with you guys because he's the one person that found me in a dark place where I was incredibly pessimistic and jaded, um, and he helped me see the silver lining and everything, and helped me kind of be. He sees my emotional side, which I'm not emotional with most people. I don't come off super soft. I am incredibly soft on the inside, but most people wouldn't know that when they first meet me, right? Um, and he's helped me come around to start to embrace that side of me and kind of put it out there for people. And it's not easy for me. And again, everybody is the way that they are because of what the world has done to them in some way, shape or form. Right. And it's not fair. It's not always fair, but you also don't get to tell somebody else how to, how to go about, you know, coping with the things that they've been through. The best thing you can do is support them and and hope to uh, get them to see better. Um, and so that's what Jordan has been for me on so many levels. And I'm excited to to hear from his side and, and hopefully it will be insightful. So stay tuned for that podcast, but my why is just because I've, I've, if I have to bet on anybody, I'm betting on myself. I mean, I've overcome a lot of things and you guys should feel the same way. I, I know all of you have had your own trials and tribulations through life and you've made it through to this point to sit here and listen to me talk today. So, um, you know, if you have to bet on anybody, if your back is against the wall, bet on yourself, man. Um, because I know you can do it. Like I have no doubts. If I can make it through, you can too. And when it comes to bodybuilding and my own progress, people ask me, you know, if it's possible for them to to make progress in the sport. And I'm like, do you see where I started? Do you see me? If you have not, please look on my Instagram. I've got pictures there. I was lean bean machine. Um, and again, didn't go about the sport the right way. And so if I can overcome that, like learn from me, don't go backwards. I regressed. Um, again, if I could have done the sport the right way, I'd probably be where I want to be. 
Um, but that's okay. It's an uphill battle and it taught me so many lessons. Um, but I'm, and I'm grateful for them 110%. Um, but you guys can do it. Absolutely. Like, I have no doubts. Like, don't, just don't be me. Just don't, don't be stupid. Don't be me. Don't fight the process. Don't think about the scale. Let your coach worry about those variables. If you show up and give your best in training, you execute your nutrition, they should be worried about all the other things, including your response and your progress. So once you take that weight off your shoulders and break the mold of expectations, what you think you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to look, um, what's adequate in this industry, um, once you really focus on what's going to make you happy in, in the long term and the longevity, uh, focusing on every day is a minor investment to a long term goal. Um, that is what's going to set you up to be successful. And that's what I'm excited for for myself uh, because I'm not done. Trust, I'm not done yet. I have my own goals for myself um, and I'm not going to stop fighting for them until I get there. And then when I get there, I'm sure I'll have more goals because that's really just how it works. So passion, passion is purpose for me in everything in life. When it came to basketball, you know, even, even people very close to me were like, you're stupid. You're a five foot four white girl from Vermont. You'll never play division one basketball. If I'd bought into that, I would have never made it. I would have never fought for it. I would have never sacrificed everything. I would have never walked onto that court hearing my name announced to play and start at point guard at a division one institution. I would have never done that, but I did. Um, and so you have to pay attention to the voices in your head. Uh, you have to pay attention to the messages that are being sent your way. And you have to decide if you align with them or you don't. Um, and the same thing goes with bodybuilding. It's it's my passion. I love it for coaching. I mean, I'm more passionate about coaching than I am about competing. I'll just be very honest. And that's why I say I'm a coach first. Um, my clients are my number one. I love the training part. I love the nutrition. I'm a, a science nerd. I'm a physiological nerd data person, blah, blah, you know, all those things. Um, but it's the impact that I can make through coaching that excites me the most. Um, it's the education that I continue to acquire through my journey of becoming the best coach um, that I possibly can be in a, in a positive representation and an educational source for people. Um, you know, that's what lights me up, right? Competing is like my therapy. It's, it's, it's when the lights hit you and you get to express yourself in a way that you can't say in words. And that's what it was for me in basketball. Like you hear your name announced and you're just like, yes, that's me. But like, that's when people get to see you. I think uh, when people find what lights them up, what their passion is, they don't have to say anything about themselves yet. It's, it's expressed. Um, and that's what bodybuilding has been for me. Um, and I hope that it's something like that for you guys. But um, I digress. That's a very long conversation. Um, and I hope that that was at least insightful as to where my why is and, and where I'm at and, and how I plan to go about uh, my future and what keeps me going when it's hard, because it is hard. You are going to suffer. Um, there's a lot of adaptations that happen. It's not an easy route for anybody. Um, so understanding why you're doing what you're doing and having a very strong why um, being disciplined, following through on the, on the promises you make to yourself. You could lie to your coach. I would not suggest you ever do that because um, you guys are a team in this. Remember, they want to see you win too. So also if your coach is shaming you, making fun of you, guilt tripping you, calling you names, they are not a coach. They're a fucking asshole. Please find somebody better. Thank you. Sorry, but that's stuff that I hear when I onboard clients too. My coach told me I was this and that and a fat piece of shit. Like, I'm sorry. If your coach ever talks to you like that, you need to tell them get the fuck out of here. That is not okay. Um, I'm going to jump into the next question, which is, are you staying in Vermont or where is your next step? So um, I am 
going through my first series of adulting. I'm, I'm just getting into um, my first endeavor in looking at properties and figuring out what I qualify for. And oh my God, if you guys have been through this, you know how stressful and overwhelming it actually is. Um, so right now I am not in a rush. Uh, I do see myself going south. Um, I don't know exactly where I'm going to land probably Tampa because that's where the hub is um, and I'm familiar with that area but life happens in funny ways and every time I try to plan something it doesn't go the way I think um, so I'm open to lots of possibilities and I'm going to take whatever is best uh, and makes the most sense. Um, how to approach a day of eating after an untracked meal. So uh, for me, I don't guilt my clients. If you have an untracked meal, you just get right back on track the next day. Um, you learn from it. If you went over the rails or how your biofeedback is, how you might want to approach the next one. I think going into it with a strategy is also important, um, but removing any guilt or stress or shame. Remember, food is not inherently evil. It's not trying to self-sabotage you and you always have control over what you put in your mouth. And instead of playing the victim, when it comes to food, if you can look at yourself as the victor um, and take accountability for your actions when it comes to food, um, then you're going to be much more successful. If you always go, I can have more of that tomorrow or next week because you can, um, you know, then that kind of rids yourself of that guilt and what and negative associations because it all can fit practically at a given time, depending on what your goals are, how regimented you are, how structured you are, and how much you're willing to sacrifice to get to that goal. And I think being self-aware of what that is for you and what it looks like is the most important thing. Um, what am I most proud of accomplishing? Wow. <sighs> the impact that I have with people. That's it. I'm very blessed and I, I am grateful um, that whatever it is inside of me is lit like that fire like I said passion like I just feel it every day I get excited I'm, I love my clients I love talking to new people I love the messages I receive on Instagram I love the questions I love hearing you really helped me with that message that this made an impact this made a difference for me thank you for putting out the education um, you know all those different things that I get so excited about that um, and so just not being afraid uh, to follow my passion uh, to follow what I believe is going to be my purpose, um, to follow my heart and, my, and, and just all those things and give it hundred percent. If, if you're not in your out, I, I very much believe that statement. Right. And yes, I will. I think people don't understand how much it takes to run a business. Um, you know, I'm blessed to have support. Um, but at the same time I work 16, 18 hour days quite frequently. Um, whether it's, answering emails, doing content, building training programs, phone calls, education. I mean, it's a lot of stuff to continue to show up and, and be your best for the people that are investing in you um, and to lead by example and to walk the walk and not just talk it. And that's one thing I always aim to show with my, with my platform is not only that I'm doing it, but I'm also human. Um, even though I know all these things, I think a lot of people, especially coaches put off an ego. Uh, they don't suffer like, no, prep sucks. It's really hard. You're going to be really tired. Um, there's going to be inflammation there. Your sleep is going to tank. You're going to be hungry a lot. Food focus is going to happen. Relationships probably will suffer. Um, and you have to remember you're doing it for 10 seconds on stage in front of people that don't give a shit about you to award you with something. So if you are not doing it for you, you're not going to make it through and you're not going to be happy with the outcome. You should not go into it with the expe expectation to win. You should go into it with the expectation to know that you gave 100% to everything that you were asked to do. Um, and, and your expectation is, should be to feel your absolute best that day. Um, so I, I think that's a long-winded answer, but that's where I'm at with that question.
Um, and how to lose that last five pounds? This is going to be my last question because I feel like I'm rambling and I'm getting hungry. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, so how to lose that last five pounds? Well, first, again, you have to ask yourself, um, what is your goal with this? Is it sustainability or are you focused on the weight? Are you focused on, if you were to wake up tomorrow and hit that number, but you, you weren't happy with your physique, would you rather look better at a higher weight or weigh in at this low number that you imagine yourself being at, uh, but your quality of life sucks, you don't have the physique you want, uh, but you've hit a weight goal. And I think a lot of people forget that muscle has weight too, and I've been there, but it does. And adding muscle, adding strength, adding shape, that's what's going to give you the body that you really want. And like I said, I hit the heaviest I've ever been this year uh, and last year, uh, both of them at 130, um, which for me is a lot. I'm only five foot four, um, five foot three and a half really, but who walks around without shoes? So um, five foot four, and uh, I, that's that's where I'm at. Uh, that's well, it's not where I'm at now, but that's that's where the highest weight I've been. Um, before I told myself I when I was younger I'd never get above 123. Um, that's where I was in college, and I hung out there. But um, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, fortunately, um, I got uncomfortable. I embraced that side of the sport, eating more, eating up, training hard, um, focusing on building the physique I would be proud of. Um, and I can say that letting go of a weight stigma was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Now I can truly look at my weight, um, as a data point. However, yes, in contest prep, you do want to see your weight go down. Like it's not going to stay the same the whole time. So yes, you are looking for trends to happen and when they don't happen, that is frustrating. So I've expressed that as well, but in my off season, I don't really worry too much about it. Uh, I focus more on performance and how I'm feeling in body composition overall, because you can change your body fat set point, right? I could be heavier, but I'm also leaner than I was in college. So um, I have a lot more muscle than I did there. And so I think being open and objective um, with evaluating yourself and your goals, but the people that you see that are walking around really, really lean and really shredded, they have to sacrifice a lot to be there. And so you have to ask yourself, how long are you willing to stay in that rut to, to hold that body composition? Are you going are you willing to do an hour of cardio every day are you willing to eat sub 200 carbs every day are you willing to not be able to go out to eat or because you are afraid to to throw yourself off track are you afraid to have a drink because it might be a trigger are you afraid to eat chocolate because you've cut it out of your diet i mean whatever it might be you might have to sacrifice things to get that five pounds off is it worth that five pounds is that worth the quality of your life is that worth the structure that might be required for you to get there um, these are all things that people need to have conversations with them about. What are you willing to sacrifice? How long, how long term can you do this? Is this a lifestyle change or is this momentary for you to feel good in your skin because you can tell people you weigh 120 versus 125? And I'm going to tell you, nobody's going to notice because the people that genuinely care about you don't give a fuck about how much you weigh. So um, that's where I'm going to leave this episode, but I hope that this was enjoyable. I hope it was helpful. If you guys have more questions or you want follow-ups, uh, please let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram. That is where I am the most active. And I would really, really appreciate you guys leaving a review and sharing this. Um, I look forward to speaking to you guys soon. Like I said, Jordan Syatt will be on here next. So I'm very excited to have him. Uh, have a fantastic week and uh, keep kicking ass, guys. Proud of you. I watch you all from a distance. Coach Kate style. We out.